Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. On behalf of Pastors David and Nicole Binion, thank you for joining us today at the Dwell Church Podcast. For more information about Dwell Church, visit us at dwell.church. Now, let's listen to today's message. I had this vision in worship today, and I saw someone in the room. It was like you were on the operating table and your heart had flatlined. And it's like in those movies where you're having an out-of-body experience where you're kind of like what they would say is a ghost and you're looking down on yourself, on the situation, and you're watching this happen. But I saw you pulled back into the body with such force. And I heard them warming up. I think they would call it a a defibrillator. They're getting the paddles ready. They put it on your chest and it shocks you back into life. And I want to make a declaration today that you may feel dead. You may feel like you've flatlined, but a force is pulling you back. And I hear in the spirit, he's warming up his holy defibrillator and he's putting it on your chest right now. And he's shocking you back, shocking you back into alignment, shocking you back into purpose, Shocking you back with dreams. Shocking you back with joy. Shocking you back with peace. Come on, if you receive it, lift up your voice. Lift up your hands. Say, I receive it. Shock me back. Bring me back. Bring me back. You make all things new. I'm not dead. I am alive. You call my name, and I ran out of that grave. Shock us back into life. Shock us back into dreams and purpose. Woo! If that was for you, just lift your hand. If that was for you. Come on, let me see your hand. Just give me a wave offering right here. If you say he's shocking me back into life, you are not dead. You are alive in him. Today is the day that everything changes. Everything shifts today. He's shocking you back into life. Look at your neighbor and say, he's shocking you. Surprise, suddenly moments are not that far away. Boop, 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 boop. Can you hear your heartbeat where it was a He's bringing rhythm into your life, rhythm into your marriage, rhythm into your children, rhythm into your finances. Boop, boop, boop. It's beating again. It's beating again. It's beating again. Come on, worship him. Worship him. He's doing it. He's doing it. He's shifting it. He's turning it around. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah.
be for you, Jesus. Let it be for your kingdom. So alive, so alive in you, so alive in you, so alive in you. Man, we're, we're just in a place of ministry right now. And I'm going to try to just give a few things, and, and I want to stay in this atmosphere. You're welcome to stand, sit, whatever, but stay engaged, whatever that looks like for you. But here's three things Holy Spirit wanted me to tell you today. Don't give up. Don't let go. A blessing is on the way. Don't give up. Don't let go. A blessing is on the way. Can you say it with me, church? Say, don't give up. Don't let go. A blessing is on the way. Come on, lift your voice. Say it again. Don't give up. Don't let go. A blessing is on the way. One more time. Don't give up. Don't let go. A blessing is on the way. Can we just put our hands together? We receive that today, Holy Spirit. All, all week long, as a matter of fact, all month long last month, I just couldn't get off the passage of Jacob wrestling with God. What are you wrestling with today? What are we as the church wrestling with today? You know, Abraham had many sons, and many sons had Father Abraham, and he had Isaac. And Isaac had two sons, Esau and Jacob. They were twins. Esau came out first, and he was red and hairy, so they called him Esau. Go ahead and have a seat. Have a seat. If you, you're welcome to stand, team, you can do whatever. And I've got music ready if you guys need a break. It's up to you guys. I'm going to jump in, and we're going to just have a time of ministry today. Esau was red and hairy, but Jacob came out after his brother Esau, grabbing his heel. So they called him Jacob. Somebody say Jacob. Jacob means heel grabber. Or deceiver. In these days, we give kids names that we want them to live up to. Sophia, wisdom. Ava, life. John, uh, beloved. Beloved warrior, John Miles. In those days, they would give you a name and it would follow you. A.K.A. Esau, red and hairy. And then Jacob, deceiver. And if you look in Genesis... All the way through there, we see Jacob starts to live up with his name. He steals Esau's birthright. And then in Isaac's old age and blindness, he steals his brother's blessing. So now he's on the run. And now his brother Esau has committed that when my father dies, I'm going to kill you. So he's running for his life. And his mama... Jacob, the mama's boy that he was, sent him off to be with his brother Laban. Laban takes him on, and we see there's Leah, who had uh, weak eyes, and Rachel, who had a lovely figure. 
And he took them on, both his wives. But then he ends up deceiving Laban. And now he's running from his father-in-law, a.k.a. uncle. It's kind of weird in the Old Testament. He's running from his mistakes. He's running from his past. But he knows his brother has now got an army together and is coming after him. And Jacob is finally at a place that something has to change. Something has to shift. Something has to move. I can't run anymore. And he knew it was time. Because as we see in Genesis chapter 32, verse 22, verses through 32, I love the first words right there. That night. Somebody say that night. I believe today is that day. I believe this moment is that moment. Because there's times in history that it becomes this day. That moment. My time. Can I get an amen? And he knew it was that night. Why? Because Jacob got up, took his two wives, his two female servants, his 11 sons, and he crossed the ford of the Jabbok. But I love what it says there. That night what? Jacob what? Jacob what? Jacob what? That night he got up. Anybody have it in your mind, in your gut, that now is the time to get up. I can't stay here anymore. I can't do things like we've always done it. Something has to move. Tonight, that night, he got up. And what did he do? He sent everybody away. Verse 23, after he had sent them across the stream. Now, it was the stream of a river called the what? The Jabbok River. We know that they crossed the Red Sea. We know that they crossed the Jordan. But you know that they crossed the Jabbok before they crossed any other stream, any other sea, any other river. Jabbok means a place of struggle, a place to empty yourself out. Jabbok means one word, surrender. You have got to get to a place in that moment that you get up and put yourself in a place of surrender and no one can go there with you. You have to send everybody across. You have to send your two wives, your maidservants, your 11 kids, all your possessions to somewhere else because yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for your rod and your staff comfort me. Your pastor can't get you through it. Your mama can't get you through it. The only person that will sustain you in the wilderness is Jesus himself. And we've become too dependent on other things and other people. That's why when the disciples came to Jesus when he was teaching and said, they're hungry, what do we do? He said, you feed them. Only you can enter the place of surrender. Only you, you can't take me with you, Joss. We can't take our kids. I have to find it come to Jabbok. We've come to Jabbok, a place of surrender, a place where it's time to wrestle with God. Verse 24, so Jacob was left alone 
and a man wrestled him with daybreak. How do we know this man was God? Because in the passage it says, Jacob wrestles with God, right? So this man is a representation with God. And here's what I love about God. I love that he wrestles with us. I don't care what you do, God. Just do it with me. If you want to wrestle, if you want to play catch, if you want to run, if you want to play hide and seek, as long as it's with you, I'm okay with it. For Jacob, it was the wrestling match of his life. This is WrestleMania 1. Before there was Hulk Hogan and Andre the Giant, there was Jacob and God. Wrestling, and it says that they wrestled. He wrestled with this man till when? Till daybreak. We just saw Mike Tyson and Roy Jones Jr. in their old age fight 10 rounds for two minutes. And they were completely exhausted. And here Jacob, who's already running for his life, is in such a place of desperation that he is willing to wrestle all night long. Till when? Till daybreak. Somebody say daybreak. Look at your neighbor and say, the day is about to break. Come on, say your marriage is about to break open. Come on, say your finances are about to break open. Come on, say the healing is about to break through. Say today is daybreak. It all shifted. They wrestled till daybreak. Then in verse 25, when the man saw that he could not overpower him. Now, God can overpower anybody he wants. He could have crushed Jacob. It's like me wrestling my son, John Miles. I could have crushed him. I could crush John Miles, right? <laughs> now, he's going to get older and he's going to crush me, right? But I'm bigger than him. I'm stronger than him. But I bring myself to John Miles' level at times to let him know he's got something in him he has to pull out. You know, you've wrestled with your kids or you've played with your kids and like, oh, you got me, you got me. I mean, you could just move your arm and break them. But you want them to know that there's strength in him. You want them to know that there's power in them. You want them to know that there's more in them than they know. But they've got to push themselves to a place that they've never been before to understand, I didn't know that was there. But you could only discover it at that place, at that time, on that night. And when God knew this joker wasn't going to get up, he wasn't going to give up. He wasn't going to let go. He's going to kill himself trying to beat me. So he realizes he could not overpower him. So what did he do? He touched the socket of Jacob's hip. Touched it. We're like, what does that do? That, imagine a sciatic nerve. It's essentially the sciatic nerve. Anybody ever had sciatic nerve pain? Imagine that after you wrestled all night until daybreak. And you're in utter pain. Is this guy going to let go? No. Even if it cost me everything, I'm not letting go. We watch these UFC fighters. Their goal is to knock you out or to put you in a what? A submission hole. 
I'm going to push your arm to a point that if you don't tap out, I'm going to pop your arm wide open. I'm going to pull your leg out of socket. I'm going to cause you to see stars if you don't tap out. And these wrestlers, these fighters will push their body to a point. Because I don't want to have to feel the pain of a broken arm. Feel the pain of a broken leg. But what did Jacob do? He didn't give up. The pain is worth it. The persecution is worth it. The struggle is worth it. And I want to tell you today, sometimes the touch of God isn't always rainbows and flowers and lollipops. Sometimes the best thing God can do is touch you and break you. Because what he breaks, he blesses. And what he blesses, he uses. We saw that when he fed the 5,000. He took the bread and he did what? He broke it, he blessed it, and he poured it out. And it fed 5,000 men, not even including the women and children. And the disciples got leftovers. But it all started with a breaking. We saw Jesus teach us that in the upper room when he took the bread this is my body broken for you. And he blessed the bread and he gave it to them. But we, we got a, a picture of what he was going to do the next few days there on the cross. His body was broken, but it was blessed. And because of his sacrifice, he was given a name that is above every name. That at the mention of that name, every knee will bow. Every tongue will confess that he is Lord. But he had to be broken. Some of y'all are confused. You wonder why you're breaking. You wonder why you're struggling. It may be because God is touching you. He's preparing you. He's getting you ready to bless you. Because if you want him to use you, he's got to bless you. But in order for him to bless you, he's got to break you. Here we are waving our hand. Amen. Break me, Lord. Whatever it takes, because I'm that desperate, because I'm that hungry, I'm that thirsty for a move of God, whatever it costs. He touched the socket of Jacob's hip so that his hip was wrenched as what? As he wrestled. Verse 26, then the man said, let me go. What do we say? Don't give up. Don't let go. A blessing's on the way. Even in his pain. Don't let go. Even in your struggle, don't let go. Even in your confusion, don't let go. I know you don't understand, but don't let go. A blessing is on the way. Jacob says, I'm not going to let you go. Unless what? Unless you bless me. The man asked him, what is your name? It's funny, we go to God for answers and then he gives us questions. Can I get an amen? I read this earlier this morning. Jacob asked for a blessing, but instead he gets a question. But the question itself is the blessing he receives. The right question at the right time, from the right person, can change a person's life. Enabling them to see and understand themselves in an entirely new light. When God asks a question, 
It's not for the sake of an answer, but for the sake of an inner response for a change in that person. Jacob had to admit, my name is Jacob. I am a deceiver. I am a schemer. I am a grabber. I am a manipulator. Now, some of you are like, I, I, I don't feel like I'm with Jacob in that. But you have allowed labels on you. You have allowed things from your past label you, define you. I know it wasn't your fault that you were abused, but you still carry that abuse. I know it wasn't your fault that you were touched in an inappropriate sexual way. But that's not who you are. I know this world says you have to be a certain size, a certain stature, a certain color. Come on, somebody. And it puts labels on us. And God is asking us today, who are you? What is your name? Are you hurting? Are you broken? Are you ashamed? Are you insecure? Are you struggling? Are you weak? Are you willing to admit? We're at the Jabbok. Don't forget. We're at the place of struggle. We're at the place of pouring out. We're at the place of surrender. And he's asking you, search your heart. you got to be able to admit, because what you can't admit, you can never conquer or confront. Don't hide it. It's okay. Who's Jesus near to? The brokenhearted. He doesn't say, come unto me all who have it together and have a certain pedigree, and I will give you rest. He said, if you're weary, if you're heavy laden, if you're burdened, come. But you got to be willing to admit you're weak, you're weary, and you're heavy. I'm willing to say it because what's coming next is going to shift everything. When Jacob was willing to say his name and admit who he was, there in verse 28, then the man said, God says, your name will no longer be Jacob, but Israel, because you have struggled with God and with humans and you have overcome. I want to tell you today that God is changing your name. God is changing your future. God is changing who you are right now. You can go from Jacob, which means deceiver, heel grabber, manipulator, to now Israel, which means prince of God, blessed by God. That is his new name. God's changing your name today to son, to daughter, to king, to princess, to prince, to love, to beautiful, to amazing, to my beautiful daughter, to my beautiful son, to my children, to overcomer. He's, he's saying, this is who he's saying you are. 
He says you're the head and not the tail. You're above and not beneath. You're a lender and not a borrower. You're the righteous redeemed of the Lord and you can't say so. And if you didn't know it, you're blessed going in and you're blessed going out and all that you do will prosper in the name of Jesus. That's who you are. We are joint heirs with Jesus. We're a holy nation. We're a peculiar people. We're set apart. We're not in the world or, or of the world. We are of him. Changing your name because of your struggle. Church, do you know who you are? And here's what I love about the name change. It's not just for you. It's for your children and your children's children and your children's children, children, and your children's children, children's children. It goes on forever. We even see it to this day that Israel, the nation of Israel, is one of the most blessed nations. It is the most blessed nation on the earth. Why? Because of the Jabbok. It shifted generations. It shifted a nation. Because he was willing to struggle, to fight, to wrestle all night, even in pain. You start to understand this fight's not just for me. Look around. We're watching you. When they went to see John the Baptist in the wilderness, they didn't go to hear him. The Bible says they went to see him. They came to watch John the Baptist burn. Burn for God. They are watching you. You're not the boom boxes of the earth. You're the light of the earth, the light of the world. You're the salt of the earth. You're not meant to be heard. You're meant to be seen and tasted. So then Jacob in verse 29 says, please tell me your name. Since we're introducing ourselves, we've wrestled all night. <laughs> but God, again, does not give him an answer, but gives him what? A question. Why do you ask me my name? Then he blessed him there. That's what I love. I would have loved to have seen God's face in that moment. I could just see God saying, what's your name, Jacob? Jacob. And he says, what's your name? He just goes, you know my name. Because we see here in verse 30. So Jacob called the place what? Peniel. Saying, it is because I saw who? He knew he, who he was talking to. He knew he, who he was wrestling with. He wrestled with God. This is the place I saw what? God face to face. And yet my life was spared. In verse 31. I love this. The sun rose above him. The sun's going to come up, church. I don't know if you feel like you're in a dark night or it just feels dark. Like when is night going to end? Just remember 31. The sun rose. The sun's going to rise again. New beginnings are on the way. Rose above him as he passed Penal, and he was what? He was limping. God, could you not have 
touched my hip and then healed my hip. <laughs> it's like Paul when he asks, can you take this thorn away from me? It torments me. Please, he pleaded with God, Paul, three times. And what did God say? No. My grace is sufficient for you. For where you are weak, I am strong. And Paul goes on, so therefore I boast in my weaknesses. So I can only imagine Jacob. Not only he walked different, but every time he took a step, it hurt. But I believe he found joy in the pain. Because every step was a reminder. (laughs) My name's Israel. My name is blessed. My name is holy nation. Something shifted. Yeah, it was called Peniel. (laughs) So I'll walk like this forever so that I may never forget that I wrestled with God and he spared my life. When you wrestle with God, something shifts, something changes, something moves that when people see you, they don't see the old John. They say something's different. You're right. (laughs) I've been changed. My name has been changed. I am a new man, a new creation. The pain is worth it. The wrestle was worth it. It was all worth it. Thank you for joining us today at the Dwell Church Podcast. For more information about Dwell Church, visit us at dwell.church.